in this year anyway. <laughs> I will try not to. I'll try not to cry. This seems like it's just a little bit too loud. I don't know if it is. We can see first and then. Okay. We're going to be in First Thessalonians. Yeah. First Thessalonians chapter five. But I'm thinking a bit about what do you say when you're not going to be here for a year? Like what what do you cover? And so then I start to think about some of those uh, farewell kind of things that you find in the scripture. At the end of uh, Moses' walk with Israel doesn't seem uh, exactly appropriate because he dies right after he gives his. I, I didn't want to do that. And some of these things with uh, where Paul's writing from prison, you know, with uh, Timothy and those. Again, he that's basically it. That's the last word. And then we just assume Paul died after that or he never saw these people again. And so then I was thinking about how we started First Thessalonians Five, just a few weeks ago, when the last time I preached, we were in the first half of First Thessalonians 5. And really the second half, Paul just gives this great list of practical advice for the church there. And the thing that's, to me, very interesting is that uh, he had been to Thessalonica. He connected with those believers. He was run out of town by an angry mob. He ended up uh, probably in Corinth. And he's writing this letter back when the church is just a few weeks, maybe a few months old. But we know that Paul goes back to Thessalonica again. And so here's Paul saying, here's what you ought to do until you see me the next time. And so that's, he gives this great list in chapter 5 about, in the meantime, sort of, here's the way, the way that you should be uh, operating yourself. So Paul uh, has these parting words, and I think they're fitting for, uh, fitting for us, just as fitting for us uh, today as, as they were for uh, the church in uh, in those days. And so uh, I know it can feel a bit like um, we are sort of leaving for good. A year is a long time, especially if you were not here previously when we had uh, an extended time in the States back in 2015 into early 2016 when we were gone for um, seven months, I think, last time. And so uh, it, will, it will feel a little bit odd. And, you know, people have said it's going gonna, it's gonna to be weird to kind of imagine the church without you here uh, week to week. But if you've, if you've been here very long, you would hear us saying that you are part of a team that's planning a church in Bucadinda. And really from the earliest part, when it was just two or three or four or five families, we would try to think uh, if it's going to be built on us as these couple of families, then we would just as soon it fail in 2013 as to wait until uh, we, we leave and then it fail in that point. And so I don't, the hope has always been for us these past six years that it's not built on any particular person or personality because we do have people that uh, come in and we have people that go out, right? That's one of our kind of our core values. We're always bringing people in. We're always sending people out. It is the nature of uh, in uh, many uh, respects for an international church. And so things will definitely be different when uh, we're not here week in and week out, right? I'm charismatic and handsome and wonderful, and it's going to be... I felt like that was like polite laughter, almost uncomfortable. Like... He didn't really mean that, did he? So uh, things will definitely be different. They'll be different for you. They'll be different for us. We've talked about that some just... Uh, it's odd for us to go into really a monocultural, mono-ethnic church 
at this point. It just seems uh, very weird, right? When it, we go to a church and there's no donut time in the middle and some of these things that we've uh, come to love. We, we do believe, though, that uh, the Lord is at work in, in you. The Lord's at work here in IBCBI. It's work in us, and so we think he's going to do great things uh, from both sides, right? The Lord is the one who builds his church. The Lord is the one who takes care of it. He loves his church. I always have believed that. The Lord loves his church, and so he is going to make sure that it will prosper. So let's look at what Paul says. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 12, and then we'll just read to the end of the chapter, although we, we won't really talk about all of these verses today. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now, the God, now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Father, we thank you for your word. And even as Paul dealt with the church at Thessalonica, Lord, we pray you would deal with us this morning. And I pray that, uh, Lord, you would help uh, uh, just as a group of people, as a congregation, as a faith family today, that you would speak to our hearts and that you would help us to hear your voice, that we might uh, grow in our faith, that we might be obedient. And Lord, for the season that's ahead of us, we pray that you would uh, help us. We're going to transition into a church where uh, we don't have a lot of say, where we're not the leaders and where people are not necessarily interested in our uh, experiences or what has been happening in our lives. And so we pray that you would help us to uh, accurately and Lord faithfully tell the story of what you are doing here in Southeast Asia as an encouragement to the churches that are in Kentucky and around other parts of the U.S. And we pray that you would provide prayer partners and we pray that you would uh, Lord, knit us together with fellowships in the U.S. And so thank you for the chance to uh, advocate there for the churches here. And we pray that you would be glorified, Lord, as we do that. And as this uh, church continues on and ministers in Bukadinda, we pray that many would come to faith in Christ. Lord, I believe the best days of this church are ahead. And so I pray that uh, even as we remove my limitations from the day-to-day -day function of things, that, Lord, then the church would grow and prosper and, Lord, succeed in a way that is going to astound all that are involved. And so we pray that uh, in these things, the way that you deal with us, the way that you deal with this church, Lord, that you, would, uh, that you would be the one who ultimately receives all of the glory. So we commit that to you. Pray you speak to us this morning as we uh, move through this text and as we, uh, Lord, celebrate dads around us. We pray that in all these things, Lord, you would be the, the center of that. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, this is what Paul says. And I just want to... I want to walk through these things. It's a, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty long list of things that he is telling the church there to do. Here's the first thing in verse 
12, respect the leaders that God gives you. So moving forward, what do you need to do? Respect the leaders that God gives you, right? Your leaders are not always correct in everything that they say, but when you have a leader in the church, they're serving Jesus by serving you. I think that's, 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 all, that's always my heart, right? I don't ever come and meet the air conditioner serviceman here at the building just because I want you to be comfortable. I meet the air conditioner serviceman and listen to him lie about when he's going to come and wait and wait and wait, all those things, because I think we want to have a place for people to come together and worship Jesus. You want to do that? I'm trying to think about the Lord. And so your, your leaders will do that in a way that is... Uh, hopefully self-sacrificial and has always a point toward Christ. We don't always have to agree, but we should always be respectful of one another, right? When you have, uh, when you have something that has come up in Bible study or you're talking about something, right? I love that uh, when we come together in these men's studies and different things, there's so many different kind of traditions that are represented and people can say, I've never heard it that way before. Show me that in the scripture, right? What verse are you talking about? And we can talk about those things respectfully. I, I think that it's not just for leaders to be respected. I think leaders should be respectful. And I think really ultimately we should be respecting one another. In the church here, because of the nature of this uh, coming and going, we are always in need of leaders. We're always praying for leaders. When people say, how can we pray for your church? I say, pray that God would give us leaders. If we had more leaders, we would have already planted more churches. That's That was definitely our thought in 2013 that when we started, surely in the first year we'll have planted another church. Well, surely in the second year we'll have, well, surely in the third year we'll have planted another church. And just God's not been there with the people who'd said, I'll, I would want to do that. I want to be part of a team that goes out from here and plants another church in another part of JB or another part of uh, Malaysia or somewhere else in the world. So, uh, I would say this, if, if you feel like God's speaking to your heart about how you can be helpful in leadership, then we want you to be helpful in leadership. We're praying for you already to emerge as a leader and for God to use you. So respect the leaders that God is giving you. Secondly, be at peace among yourselves. This is always easier said than it is done. Peace in a body like this takes real effort. We're culturally different. Right? There are things that, that uh, people do that I just... And I notice that we've been here uh, in JB for 11 years. And so there are things that people say that don't mean anything at all. But even after 11 years, they still bother me. Just wait a while. Just wait a while. It bothers me every time someone says it. Because it sounds so rude to me. Right? In Kentucky, we'd say, oh, just a second. Or give me just a minute. Not just wait a while. I think, what does that even mean? Just wait a while. How long am I supposed to wait? <laughs> just wait a while. Because if I said just wait a while in Kentucky, I might be talking about six months, right? <laughs> oh, my elbow is really hurting. What should I do? Well, you should just wait a while, right? It's going to go away. Don't worry about it. Peace in a body like this is going to take effort. New people are going to come and people are going to go out and you're going to have these kind of things where I have our feelings hurt sometimes because someone says something in what for you is just a culturally inappropriate way. We get cross with one another because he said this or she said that or you know whatever. Those kinds of things happen. And so we have to always be striving to be at peace. And when we're not at peace, we have to be willing to work it out. That's challenging. That's the part that's really hard because our normal pattern as people is to say, oh, we have conflict, I quit, and we move out. And that's what Paul says. Paul says, be at peace among yourselves. Just work it out. 
here's the problem. This is how I felt when you said that. Oh, that's not what I meant at all. And then all of a sudden, things are getting better. Third thing, expect everyone to contribute, right? Anytime a church person would stand up and say, the word contribute, the offering comes to mind. That's not what I'm talking about. We'll have people sometimes, they'll come, they'll be here a number of months, they'll say, can we have coffee? We go out and they'll say, the church is just not meeting my needs. And I think, well, what needs of ours are you meeting, right? This is a two-way street. You're here not just to get, but you're here to contribute, to be part of the family, all right? These, all these different parts of the body work together. And so when we have people that are just takers and they don't really contribute, we need to help people understand. We expect everyone to contribute. You have something to offer. We're, ne- we're never going to have a church that meets all of our needs, I think your prayer ministry is weak. I think your student ministry is weak. I think this part's weak or that part's weak. It is. We would, there have lots of places that we are weak. And we need people to step up and help us in those areas. We need those things. And so when we're not here through the next year, you should be looking at the people around you and expecting them to be part of the solution. Contribute. Help. If you're a Christian, you have a spiritual gift that according to the scripture was given for the common good. So what's your gift? And be using it for God's people. Expect people to contribute. Encourage the faint-hearted. We're up to verse 14 here. We, we all have seasons where really the easiest thing to do is just to give up. We want to walk away. It's just not worth it. And so as a faith family, right, we, we come around one another and, um, and we support one another until that person can stand on their own again. I've told the story a few times, uh, and I probably shouldn't get into it, because I just said I wouldn't cry, but when we were in uh, youth ministry, this is 1998, we had uh, two kids in our church die, uh, two brothers. They were like 16 and 13, I think, at the time, and they passed away. And that family couldn't support themselves spiritually. They didn't need anyone to uh, come and say, oh, God works through all things, and none of that. They just needed people to come and sit with them and cry. They needed people to bring them food and just stand alongside them. And we did that. We did that until they, until they could hold their own head up. We just said, this is horrible, right? They would say, why would this happen? And we would just cry with them and say, I don't have any idea. They would say, I hate this. And we would say, I hate this. And we would just be with them, right? That's what we do when we encourage the faint-hearted. We allow people then to catch up spiritually to where they should be. We hold on to them until they can hold on to themselves. That's our, that's our job in a body like this. We're patient with everyone. This is incredibly tough, right? The fact that people wear on our patience means it's a thing that we don't want to do. We don't want to do it. We're tired of them. We're tired of the, the questions. We're tired of the help. We're tired of the requests. And we just think, forget it. Right? I'm not answering. I'm leaving that unread so I don't have to bother with I don't want them to know that I've read it, but I've read it already on the preview part of my message. But I'm going to leave it unread so they don't know because we're just tired of dealing with it. But we have to, in this body, be patient. We just have to do it anyway. The times when we don't want to be patient are probably those times we really need to be. So you just together exhibit patience. When you're at the end of your rope like that, you just bring someone else in and say, Lee, could you please help me with this? Because I, I'm just, 
I, I can't, I don't know what else to do with this situation. Would you please help me? And we bring some people in and we work together. Verse 15, we get in one another's business, right? I know that Paul doesn't say it this way. He says it like this. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. And I think that means we have to be in each other's business. Because we, uh, there's no other way to know if Luis is uh, repaying uh, good with evil or repaying evil for evil, right? Unless I'm in relationship with her. But if we're around and I see the way that she treats people, then I can say, you shouldn't be treating people that way, right? How do I know she's good to everyone? I'll know she's good to everyone if we're in relationship and I see how she behaves and, and I see the things that we talk about, whatever, those kinds of things. We have to be close. Christianity is a community experience. We have to have other people with us doing this. And so we need people to hold us accountable and we need to hold people accountable. We need those kind of authentic relationships. We're not always going to be great. Right? Joe had the experience of recently, we, I was with this guy, I think I told this story, and I got frustrated, and I was saying all this stuff, and at the end he said, Ooh, I'm, I never saw Mr. Craig act like that before. Because sometimes I act like I shouldn't act, right? And I was saying, that's why a few weeks ago, if we had more of a relationship, that guy could say, you're not acting like you should act. Angie would never let me get away with behaving that day the way I was behaving, right? You have to be in each other's business. Angie doesn't let me get away with much at all. <laughs> Rejoice always, right? Rejoice always. We should be celebrating with one another. When we have babies, when we have test results, when we have uh, good things happen at work, it, it's easy for us sometimes to be um, maybe a little bit jealous or to be just, we're disconnected maybe in such a way that we, we don't really rejoice and celebrate with one another the way that we should. And so celebrate with one another. Have fun together. Feast together. Enjoy life together. That's something that we should be doing we should be praying continually he says in verse 17 we should be praying in good times and in bad times we should be praying for our leaders we should be praying for the sick we should be praying for our children we should be praying for people as they come in we should pray for people as they go out we should pray for missionaries that we support we should be praying for the community and praying for the other churches that are around we should pray for wisdom we should be praying praying just all the time we should be praying without losing heart we should be asking god for his help then if there's a struggle that I have personally, it would be verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances, right? Always be thankful. I met someone years ago. This guy had been a missionary for decades, and I said, how do some people stay for decades and decades and decades, and some people come, they like go to the Philippines, and they stay a year, and then they go home? How, how, what's the difference between the 45-year missionary and the one-year missionary? And that person said gratitude. People who are grateful stay. People who are not grateful don't make it. And so we have days like this where we're going to say goodbye to some people, right? And so we're recognizing even though we uh, have the intention of being back, I just know that, that many of you will not be here when we make it back. There will be a lot of new faces by the time we get back. You'll have moved on to a new position or God will have sent you back to your home country or any of these things can happen. And so when we, when we leave, we're thinking, like, will I see that person, that person, that, will, I, will I see them again before we are together in glory? And I think it's, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to continually make friends and then see them go off to leave. And I just try to get back to the spot 
where I think the Lord loves me and wants what's best for me. And so if he's taking people away from me that I really love, he must have something at least that good in store for me. And so if he's taking away something that's really great, then I I can look forward to what's coming ahead. And I can be grateful for... Uh, let's use Derek as an example because he's not here anymore. Derek and uh, um, Derek and Julie, cut this part out. Derek and Julie, right? When they first come in as visitors, you think, oh, that's an. It, no, well, where are they from? They're from. I think they're from Ireland, right? And then he gets mad and says, no, we're from Scotland. And so then we, we, but they go from strangers to people who are here consistently to people who are saying we would really like to help out to people that mean a great deal to us. And so then when he says, it looks like we're being transferred back to Aberdeen, right? My first thought is, I'm happy, I'm happy for you as my friend because they've basically written a job that you wanted. This the job that you wanted. I'm really crushed inside because I, I, because I love Derek. And I, as a brother, I want, him to be, I want him to be here. And because I'm selfish, I think, man, he's preaching once a month and this and that's happening. He's, he's just helpful to me. But even then, I can stop and be thankful, right? This person went from being a stranger to me to someone that I really miss once they, once they leave. And that's, that's happened for a lot of us in lots of different kinds of things, right? We never would meet. Would it, Amy, where would you and I meet if not here? Right? We're not meeting. We're not, the two of us are not meeting up in Disney, Hong Kong, or something like that, right? We're, you and I are not going there. And so... So we have this place here that God allows us in relationship, though we're different, to come together and to be, and to be in relationship. And so though it's difficult, I have to push myself to be grateful for the fact that relationships have formed. And so it's hard to leave because I care about what's happening here. It's hard, it's hard to leave because I care about what's happening with you. But that's not something that just... Right, I can't take that for granted. We should, be, we should be thankful. Even when the days are hard, we should be finding things to be thankful for. Then Paul moves into this part. Oh, I don't know if you've noticed, but since verse 12, everything's been uh, positive. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Then he rolls out four. Don't do this. Don't do this. Kind of things in a row. Let me get back to my page. Don't quench the spirit. Do not despise properties, uh, prophecies. Test everything that is good. Uh, hold, uh, test everything. Hold fast to what's good. Abstain from every sort of uh, evil, right? So I would say this way. I, I am saying it this way. Don't be afraid when the Lord moves in a way that you don't expect, right? This kind of idea about not despising prophecies. Uh, I, I think there are sometimes churches, more conservative churches, when someone says, I have a word, that they, their first thought is, you don't have a word. Right? I have a word. You don't have a word. I'm going to heal somebody. You're not going to heal somebody. Right? Their very first thought is, it's not going to happen. Right? You're kidding yourself. And I would say, like Paul, don't, don't despise that. Right? If someone says, I have a word for you. That's what I love when I have uh, more charismatic friends that come around. They say, I have a word for you. I say, give it to me. What is it? And then they tell me this thing, and I think, I can't see how that applies at all in my life. Right? But okay, well, I'll keep my eyes open for that. And so... I don't want to be, we shouldn't be, people who shut things down as soon as things are happening in the way that we don't want. Or when the scripture comes and we think, yeah, I don't like that, that we just immediately say, that was, must be for some other time, right? I don't like that. I'm not hearing that. 
I'm not going to do that. So don't despise these things. Don't despise the word of the Lord, really, is what he's saying in verse 20. And so I typically take the, the idea of prophecy as foretelling, right? Almost always in the scripture when someone's prophesying, they're saying, here's the word of God, here's what it means to you. Not so much like foretelling when they say, this thing's going to happen in the future. We, we tend to look at prophecy modern day and say, someone's able to tell the future. And maybe they uh, do get some sort of word sometimes, and maybe they uh, don't. But when we get a word from the Lord, I think we need to be measuring it against Scripture. That's the next verse. Test everything. Is that really what the Word says? And if that's really what the Word says, we should be acting on it. We should be holding fast to what is good. Sometimes people come along and do good things in the name of the Lord, and sometimes they do bad things in the name of the Lord. We have to know our Scripture. We have to know God's character well enough to know when someone's misleading us, whether they intend to mislead us or not. Sometimes people mislead and they're, they're really trying to do their best and they just, they're just falling into error, right? Then verse 22, the last one, stay away from evil, right? All kinds of evil, we are, as God's people, to stay away. I would say in the next year, please stay away from all kinds of evil, right? A couple of weeks ago, we were, we were uh, looking at the early part of 1 Thessalonians 5, and Paul is giving them this idea in the beginning of verse 4 when he says, but you, brothers and sisters, you are not in darkness because we are supposed to be different. We are supposed to be obviously different from the community that's around us. When the children of darkness surround us, we are as believers, as children of the light, supposed to be obviously different, not like the rest of the people around us. We should be Sanctified, that word means set apart. We should be set apart as something that is different. And so then Paul starts this prayer in verse 23 that I could that I could really pray for you. Now may the God of peace himself set you apart, sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. We should be, as God's people, set apart. And the way that we live, the way that we think, the way that we believe, the things that we do, those things we're supposed to be different. And we as God's people need to be basing our decisions in those three areas about what we believe in the Lord Jesus. What's the scripture say? What's God's character like? What am I supposed to be doing? Because he is faithful, it says, and he will accomplish his purpose in me and in you and in our church. He will accomplish what he wants to accomplish in our church lives so then these hang on the wall every week but because they hang on the wall every week maybe we don't always think about them we have some kind of leadership transition with the leadership transition that does not mean that the vision of this church transitions many of us come from a background where there is a pastor who is sort of like the driver of the bus, right? And the driver of the bus is the one who's getting to decide where we go or not. I don't know if you've ever been that. If you're a dad, right? Of course you've been that, right? Like people are saying, I'm hungry. And you say, just be quiet, right? I need to go to the toilet. Just wait, right? We're going to stop in another two hours. Just need you to hang in there, right? We're not having a, a leadership transition that involves someone that the, that the driver of the bus is, is completely changing. Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there, but I'm gonna be here. When people say, What about this? What about that? When we when we worked on the uh, 
uh, core values, like the exact wording for the posters. Anthony, Anthony was closely, closely, closely involved in that, and he hadn't been here for more than a year. But Anthony was part of that team of leadership, and we were saying, is this in line with what we think and what we said and the heart with which we started? And he'd say, I, I think you should say it this way instead of that way. And we would back and forth, right? And so Mike has gone back to the U.S. and Derek is in Scotland, but we're still on the phone with them and saying, here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. What do you think? You guys know who we are and where we're headed. You know the trajectory. Are we on track? Are we on pace? Is this what we're supposed to be doing? They'll say, let's pray and we'll get back to you on that. And so as we add leaders and as we shift leaders out, we're not, we're not changing who we are. We shouldn't be changing who we are. We should be Focus on the scriptures, our soul authority. That's that one there. Scriptures, our soul authority. The word of God has final say in matters of faith and practice. We can form our cultures to the scriptures, not the scriptures to our cultures. The gospel is for everybody. Every tribe, every tongue, every language, every nation needs Jesus because all people are sinners. And so that means if you're from China or if you're from Russia, if you're from somewhere in uh, Africa, if you're in from Nigeria, right, then, then guess what? You need Jesus. If you're from the U.S., if you're in Canada and Australia, you need Jesus. People all over everywhere need Jesus. All the people that are outside having their uh, pal today and they're eating their duck rice and whatever they're doing around us, they need Jesus. And as his people, we have the privilege of telling the world that only Jesus can save them and we get to call them to believe and walk with him. We want to have unity in this fellowship. Did I go too far? There we are. Unity in our fellowship, right? We have different cultures, and our cultures are an amazing taste of heaven, but they cause us friction. Anybody ever had friction, cultural friction here in the church? Just me and Sam, probably with each other. I said, why do you keep putting milk in your tea? What are you doing? You should have lemon in it. Yeah. Different cultures are an amazing taste of heaven, but they cause us friction, right? Sometimes we're too direct, sometimes we're too uh, indirect or whatever. We, we want to live together in peace and patience and kindness, seeking and, forgive, and giving forgiveness as quickly as possible. That's who we want to be, always sinning. We're together for a season, and then we spin believers out to the ends of the earth, right? The, what I love when Jesus meets with these uh, different places in Mark, and he has this uh, encounter with demons, the Greek word that he uses for when he throws out these demons is the exact same word that he uses when he sends out his disciples into all the earth. In the same way that he sends a demon out, he sends his disciples out. Go, and they go. So we're always going to be sending people out. And so every effort must be made to send out believers who are deeper, stronger disciples than when they arrive. We send out our best people expecting that God's going to give us great people in return. We're going to have our greatest days of kingdom impact ahead of us. We pray for each other and we pray with each other. We pray with authenticity and expectation as we look to God to meet our every need. Growing in our faith through the life-changing power of God, the help and the input of our brothers and sisters, we learn what it means to grow in love and godliness and holiness. Worship. Jesus deserves the worship of the world. Right? The, the people below us in the Bakute shop, he deserves the worship of every single person that's below our feet today. Jesus deserves 
everyone's worship. So how we live every day, how we welcome people, how we give, how we serve, how we uh, work in our community, all those things have a direct impact on whether or not people have an interest in the kingdom. That How they perceive the kingdom of God depends in a large measure upon how they perceive Christians quite often. And so we want to make worship a real part of our all-the-time life, not part of our 10 to 10.20 or 10 to 10.25 on 10.30 if it's me. Uh, as part of our time on Sunday mornings. So we're not looking for amazing dramatic changes in the direction of things over the next couple of years. But in the same way, I'm not looking for someone who's just going to maintain the course, right? Just that kind of uh, hold, like I'm not looking at Sam and saying, hold the wheel, go that way, don't do anything else, right? I'm saying, listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. What's he calling us to do? And if we're not here to say, yeah, I think that's great, then if you can come together, then I think that these are things that we should be considering. So we're excited. And we're trepidatious. Would that be the appropriate word to use there? Right? It's a little bit. I, I've always heard about uh, when, when, you, when you plant a church and then you start to hand over leadership to other people, it's almost like trying to to marry off one of your children to, to someone. And so uh, I really have been trying to say the church is not my daughter. The church is the, the bride of Christ, right? And so I, I don't need to be um, micromanaging and, and pushing my will in every single area. And I really have tried over the last few months to stop doing that. There are places where Angel will say, just stop doing that. You don't, you don't need to be in the middle of that. And, and Right? I've tried. I've tried, <laughs> I've tried to just leave some of those things and, and give some of those things up. And so I think that you're well positioned, right? When I look at the, the, the schedule for preaching um, through June and July, Stephen Wong's going to be here next week. He preached for us in May, uh, and he, Stephen did a great job. In um, the next two weeks, Sam is going to be leading. We have um, uh, Dr. M.G. George from the Malaysia Discipleship Church and Daisy Chimmerlong is going to be here a few weeks after that. Uh, and a couple of other American guys that we've had, uh, Dr. David's going to be back at the end of July. And then the first weekend in August, uh, Eric will be here. But I don't expect Eric to be up preaching every week. I expect this kind of team approach to continue. And I, I think that we'll continue to see the Lord make a big difference in our community. So that's, that's it. That's my final word. Let me just read it all back to you one more time. I'm not, I'm not really going to read it back to you one more time. But I think if you can be at peace with yourselves, if you can be uh, contributing, every one of you, if you can be encouraging those who are out, if you can be patient, if you can be loving and kind and forgiving, if you can love the Lord with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, the church is going to do better than it's ever done. And so we give it to you completely believing in the Holy Spirit in you and what the Lord is doing in you that he will continue to do right i've never looked at the monday night bible study and thought oh i have to get involved in that let's try to get that back on track never one time have i had any concern about what's being taught through ruth and through galatians man blessed god's raising up people go after it the tuesday night bible study sam's leading or someone else is leading i never feel like oh i have to let me stand up and correct something because God's just giving us good people. The ladies' Bible study, whether that's been Marissa or when it's at Caroline's house, I'm just thankful, right? Tina's got the worship team. 
the schedule's made out, and I, and, I, and I think that the Lord's given us good people to come along and help with all of that. And so we're looking forward to best days ahead. All that contingent on you being in Christ, right? So let me be, let me just, the last thing that I say before I close, let it just be the gospel, okay? Christ came and he lived a perfect life. He died on the sin to pay for our, he died on the cross to pay for our sins. And if we'll confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, if we'll believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then he will save us. The scripture says that God is willing not to count man's sins against them. And so too many of us live in a separated state. We're away from Christ when we should be with Christ. He will forgive you. It doesn't matter what you've done before or how you've lived or any of those kinds of things. Christ came to destroy that thing that keeps us apart and bring us back together. And so I would say be reconciled to God. That's the, that's the, the heart of 2 Corinthians 5. Be reconciled to God. As his ambassador, I implore you, please be reconciled to God. And as other ambassadors, I implore you, please implore people that they might be reconciled to God. The only way that we'll see our community change, our world changed, is if people come to faith in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the love that you've given our family for this faith family. And I thank you, Lord, for the, just the stories that we know and uh, the challenges and the, the, the heartbreak in many places. The victory that we've been able to rejoice and celebrate with over the past few years. And as we make this transition, Lord, we pray that, uh, as we've prayed so many times, you would make this parting as easy as possible. We pray that you would uh, bless the church. God, we pray for leaders and we pray for uh, a great heart. Lord, I thank you for Billy and Olga that you're sending to JB and I just really sense could be used in a powerful way uh, here in the months to come. I pray for Eric and Michelle and for Kenza as they uh, prepare to transition here that first weekend in August. I pray for uh, uh, Sam and for others, Lord, that are leading in various ways and we just pray that you would, uh, Lord, would you allow people to hear your voice and be responsive to it. We thank you for the, the, the Holy Spirit that is in us, and we pray that you would guide us and direct us, and Lord, give us great unity, we pray, as we move forward. Thank you again for those who are gathered here today. If any are apart, I pray that this morning, Lord, that they would sense your love for them, and they would respond in faith and come to Christ being saved this very day. Thank you again for uh, IBCBI, for the people who make it up, and I pray that you would be glorified in this place, and we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.